So I thought, how do you follow up Mark Hankins? Lord have mercy. How do I follow him at all? The other day, whenever I got up to take up an offer, and I knew I didn't have anything. And he let me know you don't have nothing. <laughs> he took it back away. Get your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians 5 again. Um, my, my sermon tonight is called Responding to God. I want to talk about why we have a move of God. Why? Why do you have Holy Ghost meetings anyway? Do y'all ever think about that? I mean, why? Also, why? Why do we dance? Why run? Why? Now, other people would look at us and go, I don't see the purpose. Well, we're going to talk about that because there is a purpose. There is a purpose. And, but people don't always see it. They don't know why. And there's a mindset in the body of Christ, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Well, there's a dash in the middle of those two numbers. And if you want to live in victory, now you, you, can, you can receive Jesus and go to heaven and not live victoriously on this earth. You can. But I want to live victoriously here. And I want all that he has now for me now. And that separates us. Now, that doesn't mean that we're better. It just means we have a different vision. We have a different reason that we wake up and a different reason that I come to church and teach. And when people walk in this church, they need to understand we grow Christians. And growing means maturing, not just getting taller. And, and that means becoming a lot more like the Lord. Not everybody wants that. You know that. Not everybody wants that. And, and I have to be okay with that. And you have to be okay with it. But you also have to understand when you come in here, if we don't look, walk, talk, and act like the church you came out of, we will not become it. So we bring in people who are going to take you further than you've ever gone and make you better than you've ever been. That's right. And that's a part of life. So the, one of the key scriptures is what we're going to look on the screen right now, and it's not my keynote scripture. First um, Thessalonians 5.23, it says, This very God sanctify you holy, that your whole spirit and your soul and your body would be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not just supposed to be whole spiritually. Your mind should be whole. Your body should be whole. And God wants you, he, he, he didn't die just for you to go to heaven. He died that you would be whole. Spirit, soul, and body. But we also have to recognize that there is a spirit, a soul, and a body. And the vast majority of Christians uh, don't know it or either don't teach it. They, they don't know any, They know nothing about it. And yet that separates, you know, a Mark, I mean, was it um, Andrew Womack said that when he learned that scripture, it changed everything that he'd ever learned in church. That I'm a spirit, I have a soul, live in a body. That means my spirit is perfect, my soul is not, and my body definitely is not. Amen. So have, knowing that, then that, that answers part of the question, why do we even need a Holy Ghost meeting? Why? Okay, we're going to get into that. So let's look at another one. Um, just real quick, um, Romans 8.14. Now, let's talk about your spirit, soul, and body for just a second while you're turning. Your flesh, with your flesh, you contact the natural world. 
you, you, you touch, smell, see, hear, taste. That's how we contact the world we live in. Now, you need that. You need to contact the world. But that is where we call that the realm of your feelings. All right, how many of you have ever had someone hurt your feelings? We all have. God did not give you your flesh to rule you. That's, that, that's a huge statement. That's a huge statement. Because there's people who are born again, and someone offends them, and they get their feelings hurt, and, and, and you understand God's not leading you and guiding you by circumstances. Satan is. If, you, if you've even attempted to live for God, the devil's going to come along and hurt your feelings. And you're going to have to go, oh, that hurt, but I'm not going to let that rule me. Now, for many people, that's huge because feelings to some people are reality. That's reality to them. You don't know how I feel. I say this with kindness. I don't care. I don't mean that I don't care how you feel. I mean, I'm not gonna, we're not going to place a lot of importance on it because your feelings are based on what you think about. Now, how many of y'all seen love stories, movies, Hallmark movies, dear Lord, where they fall in love and they fall out of love. You want to fall back in love? Think good thoughts. Because your feelings are responding to your thinking. Not your thinking is responding to your feelings. Now, you could go to to a psychiatrist school for eight years and, and learn that, or you can come here and I'll just tell it to you for nothing. But that's why people are depressed it's not, you're not depressed because you have a psychosomatic problem. You're just thinking wrong. You're focusing on wrong. You're thinking on wrong, talking on the wrong, and all around you is good. But your focus is all wrong. Or you can focus on the good and have a good day. So God didn't give you feelings that you live in a body and he wants you to feel he gave you feelings. He just don't want them to rule you. When Adam fell, his feelings and his soul took over his spirit and ruled him. All mankind outside of Jesus are ruled by their soul and their flesh. All man outside of Jesus. And most Christians, most, are ruled by their unrenewed mind and their flesh. And that's why they're messed up. But you should come to church, and God wants you to get back into the place to where your spirit man is ruling. Now, what we're going to do tonight is learn how to get in touch with him. Because the Holy Ghost is in your spirit. He's not in your brain. He's not in your flesh. He's in your spirit. And he's in your spirit to help your spirit man become number one again, not number three. That's good. We can stop right now. So I'm trying to explain why we have Holy Ghost meetings. Why, you, why do you need, well, I don't see, I just don't see the need 
to, to, I just don't see it. I mean, I mean, I saw Mark say something and pastor jumped and, and they started jumping and I, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think he's just putting on. You're right. Put on the garment of praise. (laughs) I put on clothes this morning. I think you should be happy about that. I put on clean underwear. I think you should put that. But I mean, you're always, listen to me. You're always putting on. Sure you're putting on. No, you're responding to God. Now that's, that's, that's major. That's major. Or you cannot respond. See, I don't know whether y'all know that or not, but sometimes I'll say something good and y'all don't do squat, which means you don't respond to nothing. I'll say something. Are you awake? I had a, I had a, my, 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 my um, sister's first husband. When he would go to sleep, and what I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to believe it's true. It's true. When he'd go to sleep, you could slap him, and he wouldn't wake up. I went to his apartment one time where he was, and, and I went to wake him up, and he was asleep. I hollered, screamed, turned on the light, jumped on the bed, and he never even grunted. And I went to my sister and said, she, she said, he, sleep, he, he sleeps like a log. And I'm like, you, you could haul everything in his house out <laughs> and take him out of the bed and put him on the floor and steal the bed he's sleeping in. <laughs> son, sometimes I feel like that on Sunday morning. I just look out there. Okay. With the soul, go to Proverbs 3, 5, and I want you all to see this. What I'm doing right now is, is, is pretty, pretty big, pretty big. Proverbs 3, 5, and I'm just going to put it on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not, do not, lean not, don't lean to your own understanding. Do, do not lean to your understanding. Now, Remember the flesh a while ago. Now we're going to talk about your mind. So I want to, I want to make a, a silly analogy. Let's say that your brain is a buck of water. God's brain is the Pacific Ocean. Which one do you think we should lean on? I think he's a little smarter than we are. God knows that our brain is only has in it what we put in, and a lot of that is wrong. So God goes... Lean on me, not on your brain. And there is an issue because if you're going to rely on reasoning, you will completely miss God. You will completely miss God. Now, that's a heavy statement because people go, well, I'm just going to tell you what I think about it again. We don't care because you're going to change your mind before next year. And we don't really care because you're going to change it so many times before you die. You're going to look when you get old and go, I wish that I knew when I was a kid what I know now, which proves you didn't know nothing. Thank you all. So he says, do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him so you cannot rely on reasonings. Now, your spirit, man, 
is the only part of you that is connected to God. Your spirit, man. I'm a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. Your spirit is the only part of you that's connected to God. Your reasoning is not connected to God. Your brain's not connected to God. Your flesh is not connected to God. I'll tell you what God thinks of your flesh. When you die, he wants you to leave it here. Just leave that mess down there. We don't want to don't bring that mess up here. So you should take that kind of a, of a well, I'm not going to rely on what I think. So herein is why you have church or a Bible and you can get the mind of Christ. How many of you have ever said what I just said? I wished I knew then what I know now. How many of y'all have ever said, oh, I've said that many times in my life. God, if I was 18 and had any sense, I mean, you think about just putting some money in Amazon when I was a kid and just where we'd be doing right now and Bitcoin and a lot, oh yeah, all kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things that passed us by because we didn't know. Well, there's stuff that's passing you by right now because you don't know. But God knows. God knows. So God wants you to learn how to follow him, but only can do it if, if you're responding with your spirit to his spirit. Okay, I'm just going to stop because I don't want you to, I want your brain to slow down and just absorb that. The only way God needs you to learn to respond to God the Holy Ghost. Now, you might think that jumping around on Sunday morning is not much, but it's going to help you more Monday than you have ever imagined in your life when you're learning to follow him and not your head because he knows everything. All right, now that's pretty good preaching for a young man. Romans 8, 14, I'm just going to pop it on the screen. Uh, that's all. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. God wants you and I to be led by the Spirit, by His Spirit. Now, there are things happening around you you don't know anything about. You don't know anything about. You, how many devils are tracking you? I mean, I want to know their names and how many there are. You don't know. You don't know. Now think about that for a minute. Um, I'm going to read a little bit out of a book here in just a second. Without a Bible, there's a huge amount of knowledge you wouldn't have and could not learn through your five physical senses. For instance, you can't find truth without a Bible. You can't. Impossible to do it. You can't know God without a Bible. You will not know why the earth was created without a Bible. You will never know your spirit without a Bible. You'll never know the blood without a Bible. See, without a Bible, that's revelation knowledge, you would be ignorant. Because it's, there's nothing in the, there is nothing about God or the Bible that you will pick up with your eyes, your ears, your taste, your nose. You won't know God through smell. You I think I, well, you, I smell a rat, but you, but you don't smell God. Are, there, y'all, are y'all listening? So understanding that is, is huge. 
because we've been trained from childhood to follow our feelings and what we see and what we hear. We've been trained that way. Now, you come in here and I get one day a week maybe to undo all the junk you learned. If I can get you to read a Bible. Do you all understand that? And therein presents a problem. And people say, well, I don't want to go to church. It's full of hypocrites. No, it's not really full of hypocrites. It's full of people who are ignorant. They're born again, love God just like everybody else, but they're just ignorant. Some more ignorant than others. So I'm going to read something to you out of a book by E.W. Kenyon. I'm not going to read the whole book, just the, just the first page. It says, uh, it's just a little, little cute little story. Um, it, it'll take me a couple minutes to read it. Um, it says, no, I've never been able to accept the Bible as a revelation. He's, somebody's talking to a sinner. Why? Because it's a miracle book. It begins with miracles. It sponsors miracles. Every one of the healing characters in the, was a miracle worker until finally we come to Jesus. I recognize him as the most outstanding product of the human family, but I cannot accept him as being conceived independent of natural generation. Think about the fact that he came in the world without a daddy. It's a miracle. You can't understand that with your mind. You say, I understand that. No, you do not. You believe it, but you don't understand it. I cannot understand the resurrection. They are both contrary to human experience and reasoning. There's no such thing as miracles. I don't believe that there's even a God. I believe there's some force and we don't understand him that's out of reach of human knowledge. But for a personal God, I have no evidence. I have given 40 years to scientific investigation of physics, chemistry, biology, and I can't find God. Would you like to believe there is a God if there could be proven that he exists as intelligent God of love? Yes, but there's no way to find him. I've sought every avenue of human investigation, and he's not there. If I would tell you, doctor, he's talking to a doctor, that there's a way to find him, would it be credible you? But first, let me show you why you have to take the mental attitude that you do. You know that all the knowledge that you have, metals, chemistry, um, scientific fields, has come from one source. And so the doctor looked very interested, and his, and, and his eyes widened, and he says, yes, I see that. And he said, all of that knowledge came from your five senses. Now, let's think about this as I'm reading. Think about what I'm fixing to say. Four years of college, you learn nothing important. Everything that you learned was something someone learned through the five physical senses. But you didn't come into college and leave college with a drop of truth. You came out with knowledge, and it will change. They've already rewritten all the books since you were there. Do you, no, I'm, I'm saying that because I want, you to, I want you to understand how huge it is for your spirit man to get a hold of somebody that knows what they're talking about, which would be God. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All of the knowledge taught in schools is what we call sense knowledge. The doctor said again, this time his voice was really low. There are limitations to sense knowledge, and, and you call it serious and the other answered, you can't know God through senses. If we were able to find him, things would be different. Now, he, he's here talking about revelation knowledge versus spirit knowledge. You see, doctor, spiritual things are just as real as material things. Now, let's stop right there. Let's think. The spirit realm is more real than, your, than the five physical. It's more real. Yeah. It's not. It's unseen to your eyes. It's 
it's not audible to your ears, and you can't smell it, but it is real. The world that we live in was made from it. There's more over there than here. We need to learn to walk in that world because we're a spirit. Wow. See, we've sort of thought word of knowledge and word of wisdom was just for Sunday morning when someone's sick. That's, that's not true. See, you, the, your spirit life is a hundred million times bigger than your natural, and we know almost nothing about it. How would you like to be colorblind? All the color, and you've never seen it, and no way to know it other than someone telling you. Uh, if someone's colorblind, you say, well, you know, I mean, that's a nice shirt you have on to go. Because that's, that world, they're looking at it through their eyes, and unless, unless their eyes get healed, they'll never see it. But it's there. It is there. So the spirit world, there's angels in this room right now. There's no devils. They're in the parking lot. <laughs> waiting on you to leave. But they're there. The Holy Ghost is here. God is in you. Now, let's think about this for a minute. God in you, and you have problems, and you can't figure it out. Well, unless you get your brain hooked up to his, you never will. That's huge. I'm doing a pretty good job. Okay. There's another one I want you to put on screen, Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of his belly. So anytime God is going to do anything in you, through you, or with you, he's going to deal with you through your spirit. Now, what happens if your spirit is not real to you? God is completely hindered from operating in your life. Now, I want you to stop because don't, don't go too fast with me. He's prompting you and you're reasoning and you're not doing what he says because it makes no sense to you. But he's going, oh, listen to me. Don't do that. And you're going, huh, huh. I don't, I don't even make sense. Now, how many times, how, who builds a boat on land not near water? Somebody that God tells there's a flood coming that's never happened. That looks stupid. Uh, you, Mr. You waste all you've ever done is build this darn boat and you don't even live near the water. Flood's coming. <laughs> okay. But God knows things you don't know. So you're going to find out when you read your Bible that he does a lot of stuff that looks stupid. It's just stupid. Okay, we're, I'm slowing down. 
And so herein is why when we have a Holy Ghost meeting, the, the preacher or whoever will say, we're going to do so-and-so, and there's people that go, okay, what, what, why are we doing it? Because he said, why are other people, <laughs> that's stupid. That's right. And you, and you and your spirit, man, and your flesh are going to fight until the day you leave it to your flesh here. You're not going to have a problem after you die. You're not going to get up there and go, I'm not having trouble with my flesh. And God's going, yeah, I kind of fixed that one. <laughs> but you can't. But while you're here, God wants to be able to work with you. So the more I can teach you how to be led by your spirit, the better your life will be. All right. Now I'm going to jump way ahead of myself. One of the reasons we have Holy Ghost meetings is because you need to learn to yield to him. Yield. Submit. Submit to God. Submit to God. So I'm going to do, do something right now. Real simple. Rejoice. All right, now, now see, you respond, you responded when you respond through your spirit, God only moves when you respond, only. So you're walking around sad, and you pick up a Bible and it says, rejoice, and you go, listen, I don't feel I'm slowing down. I don't feel. I'll just tell you how I feel about it. I understand. Tell your body, shut up. If God is, and pick up a Bible, if God is for me, who could be against me? We're going to rejoice in the Lord because God needs me to respond. He's not moving until you do. Now, that's called the faith message, and that just upsets everybody and their dog. Because the sovereignty message says God's moving no matter what you do. That is simply not the truth. That's why nothing's happening with them. That's why the churches are dead, because they're not responding to the Word. And, and then they bring their dead self in here and watch us and think that we've lost our mind because we're a bunch of holy rollers. Do you just think you're moving God? Well, no, I think I'm responding to God. Now, I'm going to say something here. I want you to think about this. You can't think about the goodness of God and not respond. Okay, so I'm going to say something right now. I'm just, I'm going to hair lip Bear Creek. I don't feel, I just don't feel it. Well, I can tell you what you're not thinking about. Someone's up here preaching, and you're not even paying attention. Because if you were listening, You'd respond. Yeah. 
I mean, walk up to someone and say, I'm going to take you out for steak dinner, and you go. I'm going to give you $1,000. And I go, did you hear me? You, 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 you didn't hear a thing I said. I said, I. So, so someone's preaching, and you're not even listening. And you're, and you're sitting there going, I don't know why all those people are jumping around. We're listening. I'm listening. Yeah, baby, I'm listening. Does that make sense? It's not, this is not rocket science. This is not hard. This is not hard. So, do you only have to jump around on Sunday when Mark's here? No, you can think a good thought tomorrow. So, I, t- I told a story to Mark, and I want to tell you. I'm going to tell you the story. Before the Holy Ghost move began, before ever, anybody ever saw anybody dance in the Holy Ghost, when I'm at Ramah, because I was a heathen, I understand judgment, and I understand the wrath of God. I understand all that. And I went to Bible school. Bobby Andy got up and preached on grace. I never heard about grace in my life. I was sitting there listening to that going, God, that's good. That's good. I got, it. I got so excited listening to him in school. But I'm just, you know how you're sitting there and you're just, God, boy, that's good. That's good. And I, I thought about it all day Saturday. And Sunday morning I walked into church. And I'm sitting right there in that chair right there, second row back. And a preacher starts preaching. I ain't listening. No, the worship starts. And, and, and I, all I can think about is grace, the goodness of God. And, and, I, and I got out of my seat. I had on a blue, navy blue Sears and Roebuck polyester suit. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I don't have any more of those. And I got on my knees and just began to worship God. And, and, I, and this happened to me. I said to God, I feel like dancing. And he said, dance. Now, this is not a church where people danced. Never, ever happened. Mark hadn't been there yet. Are you all listening? You know what I did? I got up and cut a rug. And I don't mean I was trying to show off. I wasn't wasn't trying to. I'm, I'm telling you. I was happy. I just just got happy. I I just thought, good God, I can't contain it. God, everything happened to me is God's unmerited favor is on my life. Grace. Not just one day. I'm not forgiven. Man, I've been saved by grace. Man, I got excited. I mean, just says, oh, Jesus, glory to God. And so uh, the, the pastor, Buddy Harrison's wife, was Patsy, Kenneth Hagin's daughter. Now, she'd been around it. I never saw anybody do that. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even care. And she had to explain to the whole church what just happened. Because I'm weeping, I am crying, and I am madly in love with Jesus. I can't stand it. Now, sometimes I have to dance my faith. Because I have to stop and go, I haven't been thinking about the goodness of God much today at all. But you think about it much, and you're, and you're going to get excited. Now, now that, I responded to God. I responded to him. 
I responded to, to my thinking is, is making me go, I can't sit here. All right. This is good. I know, I know I'm doing better than y'all. Amen. But it's all right. Y'all are better a little bit. Go to John chapter 2. Go to John chapter 2. And we're going to talk about the word why. I want to talk about why, 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 why. John 2, 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan. Mother Jesus was there. Jesus' disciples were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. Mother Jesus said to him, they don't have any wine. And he said, what's that to do with me? I'm not, that's my hour's not here yet. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. There are six water pots of stone, according to the amount of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. They're about this big. They're huge. They're, huge. they're, they're made out of stone. The, the pots themselves are heavy. Fill them with water. Absolutely stupid. Let's, let's stop. Forget about what you know about the Bible, and let's just go back in time, and you don't know who Jesus is. And they're out of wine, and he said, I need some water. And, they, and, and I'm standing there going, well, let me just tell you a little secret. You ain't making an idiot out of me because I'm not bringing up. You want me to take that water pot down to the well, fill that sucker up with water. That thing, it's going to take four of us to get it back up here. And we're out of wine, find someone else. You, you, that, that is absolutely stupid. Why would I give you water when you need wine? We're reading it thinking, I would do it, but no, you wouldn't either because you don't even jump and holler and dance when he gives, tells you something now. You're sitting out there going, I don't even understand. Why in the world should we be doing that? I mean, we're, not, we're not even asking you to go down to the road and get a, you know, 500 pounds of water. We just asked you to jump. But it, you know what's going on? I'll tell you how I, feel. I don't feel. I don't feel no. I don't even. I'm sitting right here, and, and if I, he laid hands on me, and I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> but what would you have done? Now these people are servants, so they're taught to obey. Had they not been taught to obey, that we'd have never had a miracle. Now you're going to learn this about God. God does things that looks to you stupid, but he's not stupid. So you have to get rid of the word, why? It won't make no sense to me. You deal with God, you better get rid of that one. Because he's going to say a lot of stuff to you that you go, now I'm going to tell someone to me in a minute because I have actually questioned him and didn't do what he said. And later I started crying. <laughs> you lose a couple hundred thousand dollars, you'll do cry too. It's my party and I cry if I want. Go to John 9. Let's look at another one. Now you're you're going to start noticing this more and more and more and more and more. 9-1. Jesus passed by, saw a man blind from birth. The disciples said, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? He said, well, neither his parents sinned. Now, you need to change something in your Bible because you, you all know there's no punctuation in Greek. Okay, there's no capital letters, there's no punctuation, and there's no spaces between the letters, the, the words, or the sentences. You all know that. 
It's, it looks like a first grader writing. That's Greek. It's all Greek to me. So this is what he said. Who sinned, this man or his parents? He said, neither this man nor his parents, period. But so the works of God will be revealed, I must work the works of God. He, didn't, he wasn't sick in order to glorify God. He said, no, I, nobody, it's not, it's not his fault, but, so that I, but I'm going to fix it. That's what he said. I must work the works of him who sent me while I'll stay. The night's coming when no man can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And when he said these things, now, now, now come on, y'all, come on. I, stop being spiritual with me. It's a goober. First of all, that's absolutely disgusting. So let's go back here for a minute and just ask this question. Why could you not just have healed him? Why did you make a goober? And spit in the dirt and make a mud ball and stuff it in a blind man's eye and tell him to walk from here to downtown Apopka. Now, if I was there, I'd go, let me tell you something, Jack. I'm blind. First of all, you put a goober in my eye. Second of all, you stuffed mud in my eye. And now you want me to walk blind down to Alabama? You, you, you call yourself a prophet. You ain't no prophet. You're a crazy nut. But I am going to ask you a question. Why did he do it? You don't know, and I don't know. We do not know. I'm going to tell you, that's nonsense to my reasoning faculty. I mean, there's other people he healed and said, be healed. That's it. He just said be healed, didn't he? No goobers, no. No sending them down the road where they, they, don't, they don't know where they're going. They're blind. They can't see you mean old brood, he can't see. What are you doing talking to that woman, Tithe? She, let me tell you something, you little punk, she's broke. Old prophet coming up there, he's fat as a pig. He'd been down in the carrots eating steak off a rock. Come up to a woman's house, ain't got no money. Give me a cake. You big fat slug, you. You coming up here ripping old women off. I mean, if ABC and CBN, well, in, in CNN, they don't exist anymore. So went on. Let me see. Anyway, if the news had got a hold of that, I mean, boy, you talking about what they'd have done with that. Fat, Pentecostal, charismatic preacher steals woman's last cake. He did. Bag me a cake. And me and my boy are going to die. No, shut up. Go make me a cake. Mark Hankins would make a good prophet in the Bible. You make a movie, we'll make Mark Hankins an Elijah. And he's just going to make me a cake. My daddy, give me a cup of coffee. Well, how am I doing? Let me tell you something about God. God don't. God is going to say all kind of stuff to you, and I mean it ain't going to make one lick of sense when He says. And He ain't changing His mind just because you don't understand Him. 
I'm doing really good. So the guy comes back healed. <laughs> Joshua 6. This is a good one. And, and when I'm trying to show you, this is all over your Bible. And you call yourself a Christian and this is all over your Bible. This one is a wild. This one's wild. This one is so wild. See, I, I think we read our Bible and think, if I was there, I'd have done that. No, you wouldn't. Have. You'd argue just like you argue now. Some of y'all don't. Joshua 6.1. I said 1.6. 6, 6, Jericho was securely up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho. And he said, you have not. It's sitting right there. You give me nothing. I'm sitting here. I see it. In your hand is king and a mighty man of valor. You will march around the city, all the men of war, and round once, and you'll do it every day for six days. And Joshua goes, what? I mean, I can do a battle plan, but I mean, you want me to just march around the city and go home. Do you have any dynamite? We'll just blow that wall down. No, just march. I ain't going back here and telling them people to just march around the city. They, they tried to stone Moses. They ain't stoning me. You got a fruitcake marches three million people and then sends them home and tells them not to say nothing. Do it every day for six days. I ain't doing it. I ain't opening up for COVID. I mean, my God, I mean, I'm closing my door. Why don't y'all have a little wisdom? What kind of wisdom are you talking about? Because it sure ain't God's. It's called you chicken. Preacher. See, y'all should have come tonight and not come last night. I'm just kidding. Yeah, listen, listen to this. March around six days, verse four. Seven priests will bear seven trumpets of ram. Seven. <laughs> On the seventh, you shall march around the city seven times, seven times now, and then they'll blow the trumpets. And when they do, the walls will fall down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Are you, listen, what what? What's happening in the spirit when you shout more than you think? More than you think. God knows more about the spirit realm than you do. If he says shout, you by God shout. Yeah, it's not emotionalism. It's responding. You march around. And so if the Holy Ghost says, we're all running, just run. Some of you need to run. Lisa said to me the other day, have you walked today? And I said, I walked to the kitchen. (laughs) You walk around the block? Yeah, I got a concrete rock in my bedroom and I pulled out from under the bed. I walked around it seven times. I walked around the block (laughs) <laughs> but, but listen, men 
apart from God, are trying to do the work of God in the natural. And this is creating dead churches. And it's creating defeated Christians. Just because you don't know what's happening when you shout or when you doesn't mean something's not happening because the Bible says it is. So I'm going to take you to the last one here, Second Chronicles. And we're going to talk about what's really happening. Now, I'm, I'm doing this because God don't need you running jumping aisles every time we meet. And I don't want you to think that if we're just having a good old-fashioned Bible study, <laughs> it came to church Tuesday night, Wednesday night, wasn't near as good as Mark. Oh, let me tell you a secret. It might be better. Did you know that teaching, teaching is a move of God? Sometimes you need to be taught. Sometimes you need preaching. Sometimes you just need to shut up and run. Sometimes we just need to pray in tongues. All right. Your voice does affect the spirit realm. Second Chronicles 20. It happened after that the people of Moab with people of Ammon and others beside the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And some came and told Jehoshaphat and said, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hezron Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast to the land. He said, God, I don't know what to do about all this. And Judah gathered together, asked the Lord. All the cities of Judah came to him. In other words, it's obvious they don't have an army to defeat them, right? Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah, the house of the Lord before a new court, and said, O Lord, our fathers, are you not that said you're God in heaven, and do not rule over the kingdoms of the nations, and your hand is there in the power and might, so no one enables to withstand you? Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gave the descendants Abraham your friend forever, and they dwell in it, and built your sanctuary in your name, if disaster comes on us? Sword, judgment, pestilence, famine. We'll stand before this temple and in your presence and your name in the temple and cry to you in our affliction and you'll hear and save us. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir who would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt and they've turned and didn't destroy them. And here they are rewarding us to throw us out of our possession. Oh God, will you not judge them? We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we even know what to do. Our eyes are on you, God. What do you think? It's a church service. God, Uncle Aunt Betty, she's, she's not doing good. Uncle Henry, he ain't doing too good. And my kids, I mean, I'm telling you what that, I mean, all hell is, I don't know what to do about all this. I'm telling you right now, my boss is threatening my, I don't, I don't know what to do, God. That's us. He made a church so you'd have a place that's, that, that he honors his covenant. Amen. And you come in here and say, we're going to sing a song about the blood. Amen. We're going to sing to God and remind him of our, the blood of Jesus. Amen. You told us you honored the blood. Meet us at the blood. Well, we're just going to sing a song about the blood. And don't sit there with your teeth in your mouth. Sing the song. Sing. Amen. You little numb nuts, Sing. You need help from God? Worship God. Amen. I'm doing good. And all of Judah and their little ones, their wives, and their children stood, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaz, 
Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of somebody else and someone else's kid and in-laws and outlaws. Verse 15, he said, listen, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, King Joshua, thus says the Lord, don't be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. In other words, that's paramount to tongues and interpretation coming forth. Thus says the Lord. And, and, and we see it. We heard it with Mark and Trina. God talked to you. That's what was going on. And you're in here going, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Tomorrow, go against them, and I will come up by the accent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook. And you don't need to fight in this battle because Jesus has already died on the cross and rose from the dead and gave you the name above every name. Position yourselves, be still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't fear or be dismayed by them. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head, his face to the ground, and all Judah and all Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, and the Levites, the children of the, etc., etc. Verse 20, and they rose in the morning, went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went out, and Jehoshaphat said, Hear, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. You want to prosper? And then he consulted with the people. He appointed those who would sing, Are you crazy? Listen, they've got swords and spears, and there's four times more of them, and you want us to sing. (laughs) Have you lost your mind? I don't feel it. Don't get quiet on me. There's a spirit realm. They're going to defeat even a natural enemy by dealing with the spirit behind it. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And in my presence is fullness of joy. And he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my God and my fortress. Singing is spiritual. Worship is spiritual. Praying in tongues is spiritual. You're dealing with a realm. You're no match for Satan. But the greater one in you is Y'all getting this? And so we're going to do things that in the natural you're going, well, you don't know my boss. Don't need to know your boss. I know the devil behind him. All right, I'm doing good. And when he, verse 21, when he consulted, he appointed those who would sing and praise the beauty of holiness, and they went out. Now, I, 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 we should make a movie. Praise ye the Lord. Lord. They're going to war and they're dancing like fools. <laughs> but that's what God said. Now, let me tell you a secret. He hadn't changed his tactics much. But I'll tell you, I don't. I think. I think you're just putting out. We are. 
Put on the garment of praise. Put on. All right, never mind. When they began to sing and to praise, then the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. The people of Ammon and Moab started fighting amongst each other. Because, see, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And, there, and then those people are in darkness, which means that it threw all of the demons they all got mad at all the other demons and confusion broke out. You got to get the confusion out of you if you want to upset the devil. That's called worship. Okay, I'm done. To utterly kill and destroy them, and then after they had killed each other, then they helped destroy the other people. I mean, when, when, when Israel got there, they all killed each other. Everybody's laying dead on the ground. And that's what's happening at your workplace right now. And all the things that are running against you, and you have thrown all of that mess in, you, you, you are literally tearing up everything the devil has ever raised against you because you're in church giving glory to God and worshiping God and he's out there the Holy Ghost is out there and angels are getting up and going out there and just tearing everything up that's trying to come against you all the sicknesses fall all the poverty's fall all the junk the devil's bringing against you and the, and the angels are out there just tearing it up just tearing it up <laughs> I mean, does that, now I'm trying to make sense. I want you to understand it, but even if you didn't understand it, it works when you don't understand it. Just because he said, well, why are you doing that? Well, he said. I mean, he don't really have to explain everything to us. What do you have me to do about this, Lord? Oh, just shout. You have another plan? That's just kind of simple right there. Just hallelujah. Did did, did y'all want to know how stupid tongues are? Let's get out of what we know and think about someone sitting in a church gibbering a language they don't know. In, In the natural. People, adults, is slap nuts. And you've had that thought. You're sitting there in your room going, how do I love I don't know how to bed. And then you're going, I mean, quite frankly, this is about as nuts as it gets right here. I mean, I don't know why I let those people talk me in to coming down. They laid hands on me, and I got a bunch of baby jibber coming out of my hubba, 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 Good God, what am I going to get into now? Next thing you're going to do, I don't know what that preacher's going to have me doing there. Give my money away to get rich, jibber like a baby, and run like an idiot. Good God, I'm changing churches. <laughs> now see that's your un, that's our unrenewed mind going you can stop that mess 
And we've, I've been in churches before where right now, I mean, Lisa and I went up to a place in Wisconsin. I hate to tell you where we were. I'm telling you what, I thought for sure that everybody was frozen dead. They didn't even wink. I mean, they, I mean, if quiet was spiritual, man, that was the most spiritual place I've ever been in my life. And on the way out, I, they walked up and they said, good sermon. Thank you. You talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where are they from? Norway or something like that originally, all the, Nor- the Norsemen or something? I mean, you, these people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, you're talking about, I mean, someone left the AC on in here before we got here. They froze everybody in this building. <laughs> They're from the Vikings. They're still frozen. I was talking to a priest and y'all don't get too mad at me and I looked at him and I said what's it feel like knowing you'll be in heaven before me and he said well I don't know he says what makes you think I'll be there before you I said the Bible says dead in Christ rise first I did I actually said it and he went oh he, he didn't get my joke I mean he didn't get it he just didn't get like I, I laughed at Sometimes I have to sometimes I have to crack myself up. Now look now look look at the rest of this. You ready? Verse 24. And when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies on the earth. No one escaped. And Jehoshaphat and the people came and took all the spoils. An abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, jewelry and stripped off and more than they could carry. And they're three days carrying all the wealth home. <laughs> the devil will leave you alone. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Supernatural is not natural. There's nothing natural about supernatural. Nothing natural about it. Now I'm going to read something out of this book right here. It's, it's um, Mark Hankins. Um, and it explained the best I know how, because this is a great way to explain what's happening when you learn to listen to your spirit. The nature of man, according to Paul, normally consist of three sections, body, soul, and spirit. In the original constitution, these occupy definite relations of superiority and subordination to one another. The spirit supreme, the body least, and the soul occupies the middle position. It's the way it was with Adam, and that was lost. But the fall disarranged the order, and all sin consists in the usurpation of the body or the soul into the place of the spirit. When your soul or your body is ruling, you're going to live in sin and its ramifications. That's heavy. That's huge. See, we're trying to get healed, but, you know, we want healing, but we don't want to mature. You don't want to grow. I don't want to walk in the spirit. I don't want to be nice to Do you understand? But, you, but God's goal is to get you back to where your spirit is ruling you, not your flesh, not your fit throwing. 
not your anger. You and I are doing good, aren't we? All right. And is, how are you doing? You doing good now? Hold up. Okay, I'm glad. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad I can't intimidate you. The fall of man disarranged the order, and all sin consists in the usurpation of the body or the soul in the place of spirit. In fallen man, these two inferior sections of the human nature, which Paul calls the flesh, or the side of human nature that looks to world and time, have taken possession of the throne and completely rule in your life. That's three quarters, if not most Christians. We call them carnal. How do you fix it? By getting the Spirit back in the throne. So the Holy Ghost needs to take, help you get your spirit ruling. That's why it comes in your spirit, to get your spirit to rule. All right, that makes sense. While the spirit side of man that looks toward God in eternity has been dethroned and reduced to a condition of inefficiency and death, Christ restores lost predominance of your spirit man by taking possession of your spirit by his spirit. His spirit dwells in your human spirit, vivifying it, sustain it in such growing strength that it becomes more and more the sovereign part of the human constitution. The man ceases to be carnal and becomes spiritual. He is led by the spirit and becomes more and more harmonious with all that is holy and divine. Now, now does that make sense, doesn't it? We're not in here just jumping. You're learning to yield to the Holy Ghost. Because tomorrow, when someone says something to you, and you're fixing to go, oh, and you go, oh, no, you're not. And inside of you, the Holy Ghost is going, uh, he that, uh, uh, when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not back. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And right now, you need to listen to me. And you're going, be blessed. <laughs> and then you're walking through the mall and the Holy Ghost goes, you need to buy your wife a gift. Amen. And you're going, I was going to use that money for a fishing rod or a brand new gun, but they that are led by the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't going to church Sunday and see Mark, but the Spirit of the Lord kept dealing with me that I needed to be there. Are y'all listening? He's trying to help us, but we have to listen to him. So when you're in church, he's going to teach you to follow the promptings. He's prompting you. And if you get to the place to where you're not hearing him, Pray in the spirit, and you you know, you know, you're sitting there going, I don't pray as much as I used to, and I used to pray in the spirit, and now I don't pray a whole lot in the spirit, and I just think the Lord is leading me to pray in the spirit. He, he is, <laughs> but I don't see, I don't understand how that would help anything. 
And let me tell you something, numb nut, you don't need to see. You're not smarter than God. He gave you the Holy Ghost to help you get in the Spirit. I'm doing good. I'm doing. So every once in a while, God will come along and have a, a minister come along and say, we're going to just put some anointing on you. Because you can't seem to get it to come up out of the inside of you, you old lazy thing. Why don't we just slap some on your head? And then you're like, (laughs) you could have done that by yourself. I mean, nobody had to slap you. (laughs) I'm doing better than y'all, amen. And I mean, it's, but he's wanting you to learn to walk in the spirit. Not, Not just can't wait till Mark comes back. Don't wait that long. Your wife has said, don't wait that long. (laughs) The flesh does not indeed easily submit to his loss of supremacy. Your flesh is going, I don't like him. I don't like that Holy Ghost stuff. I don't like that running. I don't like Shekinah, and I don't like Mark, and I don't like, I don't like it. And I've been ruling this person on, I'm going to keep ruling. And then you want prayer, you goofy thing. Okay, the flesh does not easily submit to the loss of supremacy. I mean, when's the last time you were sitting down and started to pray, and you had these thoughts of, I think there's some pie in the refrigerator. I think Lisa left a little bit of that ice cream and root beer from last night. And and I'm sitting there going, hi, and the flesh is going, vanilla. And then did you hear what she said to you? I wouldn't take that off of that woman, I'll tell you what. And you're trying to pray. Your flesh is like, "Uh uh-uh, a little spoiled rotten little brat. Turn your flesh over and spank it real good. You shut up. You're going to pray an hour now, you little punk. I'm going to make you pray. Now, I'm going to say something to y'all, and I don't don't want y'all to throw nothing at me. There's times you need to have church services three, four, five days. Because you've gotten so far cool, cold, lukewarm. I mean, you just need to come in and go, is he going to do that again? Yes. And by the last night, you're going, woo. And he leaves. God goes, well, it's good to have you back home, son. Back where you're supposed to be. Don't wait so long next time. See, Brother Hagin would go to churches, be there three weeks. He wouldn't have a meeting in no church in no three weeks. Not in America. We have people that can't even, they, they can't even figure out why they should be here Sunday. Oh, it's true. It's called carnal. My job is my ministry. No, it's not. Uh, The flesh does not easily submit to loss of supremacy. It clogs 
and obstructs the spirit and fights to regain possession of the throne. Paul described the struggle in sentences of stark vividness in which all generations of Christians have recognized the features of their deepest experience. But the issue of the struggle is not doubtful. Sin shall not again have dominion over those in Christ's spirit dwells and dislodge them from their standing of the favor of God. See, God needs you to put your body and your mind under and walk with him. God saved you, but he is not ruling your brain and your flesh. You are. And he gave you the Holy Ghost to help you, and you either learn to work with him or not. And you need to start learning to quit telling him what you think about his Bible. Well, I don't understand why that's in there. I I mean, I don't know what that's in there for, but I'll tell you what I think about it. Well, he didn't ask you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I thought that was good, too. The only way to not walk by the Spirit is to walk by faith. The only way, I think I said that, to not walk, the only way, you're going to walk in the flesh if you don't learn to walk by faith. Why is that? Because the things that he's showing you to do don't make sense. All right, let me prove it to you. I'm going to try. What kind of time I got? Oh, good Lord, I'm way out of time. I'm 10 minutes over, five minutes over. Okay. What happened to Eve? Now, God said, God said, don't eat. And the devil said, did God say? That happens to you all the time. Whether you like it or not, it happens to you every day. Not every day, but often. And then he said, doesn't the apple look good? Yeah. I mean, it tastes good. I just don't understand why God would say that. I don't know either. You're either focused on God or you're focused on something else. That's what's ruling you. Whatever you're looking at is going to take you. So if you're not focused on the word, you're going to be focused on the problem. Listen, your life is because of what you're looking at. You're not going to respond to something and you're not even looking at it. You're not even listening to God. I mean, how are you going to do what he says? You're not even listening. So don't walk out of here tonight and go, oh, that was a good meeting last week. You need to pick up your Bible tomorrow and find out what he's talking to you about right now. Are you going to mess up everything? Why do kids graduate and go to college? Because their Aunt Lulu told them to. You say you're led by Aunt Lulu. Well, what did God tell you to do? Well, I need an education. Who told you that? Oh, my mother did. Well, in the Bible, I say your mother led by your mother. What did the Lord say? Oh, I don't know his voice very well. Oh, that's your fault. We had a meeting in here where you could get to know him. Oh, yeah, well, I was busy. I know. You know, carnal thing. Well, see, you're, you're screwing. You're screwing your life up. You got God in you. You can have a good life. And you don't even know, you don't even know what he sounds like. This is good, isn't it? You need to learn every day of your life. Read your Bible and focus on it and learn to listen to him. Now, I've had things happen. And I'm just going to tell you one, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm way out of time. I'm sorry. I love to shoot archery. And God, gave, God got me my longbow. I know he helped me get it. I mean, and so 
I'm out shooting my bow one day, and, and something said, you need to quit shooting your bow. And I said, well, that's a stupid thought. Why would God tell me to quit shooting my bow? That was so stupid. So the next day I went out shooting, and I had this prompting, don't shoot it, don't shoot it. I got to tell you, I didn't listen. You know, there's a thing, if you keep using the same muscle every day, there's a thing called, you tear it up. Let it rest. Just let it. All he was trying to do is rest, rest your shoulder, you little silly boy. It's 50-something pounds. I mean, I'm pulling it back. Just, I mean, for an hour every day, we're pulling it back. Finally, I tore it up. Sold the bow. God was going, I was trying to help you. And I'm going, why would God take my bow away from me? He wouldn't. I, I, man, I mean, the stuff that we do, if God was going, I'm trying to help you. Little stuff, little stuff that we do. And we look back and go, I knew not to do that. Something told me not to do that. Shoot. So why do we have Holy Ghost meetings? Teach you to yield to the Holy Ghost. Plus, a lot of stuff happens in the spirit realm. So come Sunday morning, where I'm going to talk about the greater one in you. We're going to get here and talk about the greater one. Now, he's greater than you are. He's greater than you are. Like Mark said, he'll make you look smart if you listen. He's given us all, listen, the Holy Ghost, Jesus was never defeated. Is that possible for you? It is. It is possible. But Jesus grew up perfect. We did not. God's trying to teach us just to submit and yield to the Holy Spirit Man, your life will be a whole lot better. You're praying for God to do something, and He's praying that you would do something. Because unless you're acting on the Word of God, you're not in faith. That's good, isn't it? Did this help you a little bit? I think it'll help you a lot. Father God, thank you for tonight. I thank you that I was able to come in here and, and, and uh, for the people in the room and those watching online, to understand a whole lot better what it is you are attempting to do in the earth. Your biggest hindrance in this earth is our flesh. It's us. We got the greater one in us, and we are just still struggling to just listen and obey as you lead us and guide us. And you take us places we've never been. You, you told Brother Hagin that if they learned to lead by the Spirit of God, you'd make them rich. That's a pretty good promise. And it's true. And keep us healthy keep us from doing dumb stuff help us defeat the enemy I pray right we'd walk out of here tonight and go I think this is pretty important stuff right here and we learn to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything we do in Jesus name and everybody said hallelujah now we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church we just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com 
from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. 